0: podcast number 14. Get your sleeves rolled up and get stuck in. I'm joined on today's podcast by Lisa Johnson. Good morning, Lisa. Hi, Craig. How are you doing? Okay.
1: I'm very well, thanks. You said?
0: Yeah, I'm not too bad. All prepped for the weekend?
1: No, not yet. Still got Friday <laughs> to get through.
0: And it's 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, so yeah, you're quite, you've probably got most of Friday to get to. So let's get down to business. Um, Lisa, who is it that you work for? Which sort of sector do you work for? What role is it that you've got within that sector? Give the listeners a bit of an idea as to, as to what position you're coming from.
1: Okay, I'm Assistant Director for Learning and Communications within a large not-for-profit charity organisation. And I specifically have a focus to support IT users within the organisation. I belong to the IS department. Rather than a HR or learning development specific learning development department, which I think is a little bit different to a lot of people that I kind of bump into and network with.
0: Yeah, it's certainly different to to our sort of um, setup. And um, you know, the IT people are, are very separate to HR and who are who embed learning and development. So it is it is a different setup. You mentioned there that you've got a focus on your IT users. What sort of of scale of of number of people are we looking at that you support?
1: We've got about 7,500 IT users spread across the UK and Northern Ireland, and there's a team of five, including myself, that manage all of the, the IT training kind of support and delivery that we do for them.
0: When you say UK, I take it you mean in John O'Groke's Land's End type thing, the full length and breadth of the mainland?
1: Yeah, Inverness, Aberdeen, Penzance—you name it. We've got (laughs) people there that are using IT and need support.
0: So you've got—you—you are literally the length and breadth of the mainland and Northern Ireland. You've got seven and a half thousand users. You've got five people, including yourself.
1: That's correct.
0: Now, it's—you know—it's a bone question I'm going to ask now, but I'm going to ask it anyway for the benefit of the learners. How do you surmount that challenge? Because it sounds like a hell of a one. So what is it that you're doing to try and overcome that? A, that resource or that lack of resource that you've got and the sheer numbers of people and geographic spread.
1: Okay. The organisation I work for, I've been there for 14 years. So, obviously, I've seen a lot of change in that time. And as we were... When I first joined them, it was very much a traditional face-to-face delivery for everything that we were doing. And that would involve travelling the length and breadth of the country to roll out new IT systems, deliver it in a classroom environment and it, I had maybe I think it's about 12 trainers has been the limit the maximum limit that I had at that time obviously as funding gets tighter yeah. and resources get less um, we had to look at different ways of doing things and that's meant embracing a number of learning technologies to allow us to do that and being in the charity sector there isn't a lot of money to invest in learning technology. So it's all about what can we get for free yeah. or as near damn it to free <laughs> yeah. and how can we use that as effectively as possible. So what we've had to do is, is look at alternatives that are there. And I would say that our journey, the transition began by looking at how we could support learners using initially CBT all those years ago. Yeah. And then after CBT, progressing through to delivering some generic off the shelf e-learning solutions for them but then we quickly realized that whilst the generic e-learning had its place it wasn't going to help us support all of the needs that were out there because we had quite a number of business specific IT applications to support. So the next kind of within our journey was to look at getting skills within the team to develop our own in-house e-learning and be able to deliver that to our learners as well. That's interesting. So we moved
0: so Sorry, just I'm trying to pick up on a, on a point there that you've made about de- developing the skills in house and that's a, that's been a, a hot topic of conversation in sort of l and d and learning technology circles for a little while now is the fact that for organizations and i'm certainly not suggesting that your team i I'm, I'm thinking bit me in a wide holistic broad brush approach here for those organizations that have had a very traditional approach as you said you know've admitted that your organization has had in the past. All of a sudden, the expectation of the facilitators, the trainers, to actually do things not just slightly differently, but in some cases very differently. Is that a skill set that your team has chosen to adopt or is it a skill set that actually you've had to recruit in because perhaps the the skills or the ability to change hasn't been within that that inherent team?
1: It was a skill set that we chose to adopt. We could see that there was a, a need to do things differently. Um, we couldn't afford to buy in custom e-learning and people that would come in and do it for us. At the time, I'm talking about eight years ago now, when we start when we started moving to developing our e-learning in house. So we've we've been there for quite a long time. So it was about developing the skills that we needed ourselves for our own personal development, but also bringing those skills into the organization and helping them realize that we could do it differently by having that skill set. So the organization did support us in developing those skills, but out of the team that I had, we invested in one or two people, and then we used those two people to coach the other members of the team um, so that they could do the development as well.
0: And how's that? I mean, how's that gone? That cascading approach to the skill set. Have you found actually that the skills have, have, have kept high, or just got higher? Or have you found that they've been diluted slightly because of the passage of information?
1: I don't think, what we've found is different trainers have got different aptitudes and a different passion for this. And when we've tried to take it out to the whole members of the team and we've coached them, some people get it, others don't. Some people are interested in doing it and enjoy doing it, others don't. So what I've actually ended up with as, I, as we've gone through this learning process is whilst maybe I tried to get about five in the team with that skill set it actually focuses around three in the team so there's three clear e-learning developers that I've got and that includes myself.
0: When you talk about e-learning this is always a distinction I'm always I'm keen to clarify in my mind but I'm also keen to to clarify in, in our, you know the three people that listen to this in their minds as well when we talk <laughs> about e-learning are we talking about just sitting at a PC and clicking the proverbial next button? Or are we talking, as I think you are, about the holistic approach? Are we talking podcasts and blogs and wikis and forums and self-paced e-learning as well? Are we talking about the whole range of things?
1: We've tried all sorts, Craig. (laughs) We started started off with thinking about e-learning in the context of a course to be honest and so we would look at a classroom course we'd think right how can we convert that course to an e-learning solution and we'd end up with maybe a a 45 minute e-learning module that might be made up of five or six different topics within that module and people would be be taken through it in in a in a instructor-led way. Yeah. So when we started out, initially, it wasn't that interactive. It didn't give people a lot of choice. It was about, right, you need to use this IT system. Here, This do this e-learning. It's going to take you through the steps that you need to get from A to B. Um, what we've learned through working with our learners and also building up our own experiences, where we're at now is a complete opposite end of the spectrum. And uh, We might be taking the, the e-learning itself not as literally and we're, we're capturing maybe a minute or two minutes worth of content that's around time savers for people and about improving their productivity so we're not expecting people to sit through massive courses anymore we're trying to put bite-sized chunks of content out there that people can use as and when they need it for a specific task that they need to do with the IT systems they're using in the everyday work.
0: So to coin the phrase that somebody, somebody more intelligent than me has come with, we're talking just-in-time e-learning rather than just-in-case e-learning.
1: That's right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then what we do is we put a whole support um we build a whole support network around that that consists of electronic user guides, access to, to relevant information. So we bring in the business process alongside how they use the IT systems as well. And we've got a number of virtual classrooms. We, we use um, WebEx virtual classroom yeah, technology yeah. and we've, we've shifted over the last five years, actually about 60 percent of what was classroom based training into a virtual classroom environment and when we just when we started when we started when i started answering this question we talked about the journey that we've been on and i went back about eight years and said about the cbt yeah. then the generic e-learning then the we started developing our own e-learning but actually what we've found in the last five years is that the virtual classrooms have taken over a lot of where we would have done the e-learning it finds it we, we found that where we put the e-learning out there and expected the learners to just use it as and when they wanted. We had to do a lot of marketing around that. We had to do a lot of push around that. Virtual classrooms, it seems to be more of a, a pull approach. We're offering the virtual classrooms and we're saying if there's something in there that you can't find, we'll offer it on demand. Because from my perspective, having a trainer spending 15 to 45 minutes in a virtual classroom, even if they're only training one person and that person gets what they need, then it's an effective use of the time.
0: Mission accomplished. You mentioned some figures then, and and they were they sounded incredibly impressive. I think you are talking over five years, approximately 60% of previously classroom-based activities are now in a virtual classroom. Now that, in anybody's book, regardless of how big or small the organisation, that is a big shift. But I'm always keen to find out: has the have the, the businesses have the organisations targets, key performance indicators, whatever's, whatever is in place to, to measure the effectiveness of learning in the real world where it matters, have those standards been met or have they been exceeded by moving to this, this new concept, this new way of delivery?
1: What we measure, Craig, is our help desk statistics. So we're looking at the number of calls that are coming in from our users on a daily basis. And I'm taking that data and looking at weekly, looking at it monthly and benchmarking it against previous years. And what I can tell you is that through the shift to virtual classrooms, we've targeted our um, the key calls that were coming into our help desk for our core systems that people are expected to use every day, such as our email system, our document management system. And I can I, we, we can look at the data and say, OK, we've shifted that much of our classroom based learning to a virtual environment. What impact is that having on our support calls and help desk calls. And week on week, when those statistics come out through our management team, we're always looking at a reduction of minus 30%, minus 50% and higher.
0: <laughs> it just sounds like, it's, you know, it sounds like it's too good to be true. So, you know, I'm wanting to read through the small print to find out where the catch is with this. It sounds like an amazing shift you've had. And not just a shift as in getting bums off seats in the classroom, which is it's easy to do, just roll out more e-learning. But actually, the return that it's having in the real world is just getting better as well. It really does sound like, there's, you know, there's been some incredible progress made.
1: Yeah, we've we've had no choice. <laughs> As I said before, we we were a team of 12, Uh, we've been cut down to a team of five, and we've had to work differently. What we do though, I think the important thing to to add to that 60% figure is that we still do deliver 20% of our training in a classroom environment, and the other 20% is about our trainers going out into the field and working with the learners at the front line. So we're always constantly reviewing what we're delivering, how we're delivering it, and ensuring that it's meeting their requirements and by keeping that 20 percent on site and going out there and working with them in their workplace we get to see what works and what's real and what their needs are and I think that's where the the 60 growth has been helped because we're not just saying oh what should we do next month then in yes. terms of virtual yeah, yes. classrooms we're actually linking it back to what our learners are telling us it is that they need by that face-to-face interaction on site by the the feedback that we get in the classroom environment and also by monitoring the calls that we get from the help desk and every single learner that attends any of our events will be given an email afterwards and provided with the opportunity to give us feedback we don't box it in in terms of how would you rate this trainer how would you rate this course how would you rate this content we ask them for real feedback just email us tell us what worked tell yeah. us what didn't work would you like more of this would you like less of the other? and the we use that feedback and our i would say that we get a, a fair good return from people and we as a team every six weeks we make we meet on a face-to-face basis because we are a virtual team um whilst most of us are up in the north we're always spread around the uk and northern Ireland when we're doing some of the face-to-face stuff what? so we make an effort to meet up every six weeks and in that six week meeting that's where we sit down and we go okay then What information have we got that we need to review to look at what we need to be doing going forward?
0: It sounds like, and I'm going to make a very probably unfair, biased and stereotyping type of statement here, but I'm going to do it on purpose. I think the assumption is, and it was mine, I have to admit, before I met you, Lisa, before we started having conversations and, 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 and networking, that those... Organizations that work in the not-for-profit and the charitable sector and such might just be sort of scrabbling by and cobbling by and, and you know and making do and bodging things together. I've got to say that I've seen the I've seen how agile and how forward-thinking and how respondent your team is, and I compare that to hmm, other teams that I know, and it's just a world of difference. And let me tell you that the the, te- the other teams that I know, hmm are in a very, very different sector to yours and one that perhaps you would think that it would be the other way around. So, um, you know, incredible what you've done. Well done.
1: Just think what we could do if we had some money, Craig.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, more money, more people. Yeah, yeah, the world is your oyster. Lisa, you and I have met um, a couple of times in the past, three or four times, I think, and a couple of those have actually been at some big face-to-face conferences, Learning Technologies 2011 back in January Learning yeah. and Skills Group just a couple of weeks ago, really back in June. Um what have you or your team taken away from those those um, conferences, those sessions that you've attended? And what are you are you using any of those newly found skills back in your workplace already? You know, only you know yeah. over it's only six or seven months ago or one month ago.
1: Yeah, I mean we do we do make an effort to keep abreast of what's happening out there and look at again what we can do to deliver more with less and what we've taken away from the recent conferences that we've been at are things like um, we've started developing the the short video type modules. Um, We've been developing wikis. We're also about to launch this time saver campaign. So it's about bringing those things together. So with the wiki scenario, we've built what we call a learn about IT wiki. And we already had a one-stop shop for our learners to go and access all of the L&D resources that we developed for them. Um, but we wanted to kind of bring that into to the wiki environment because it's searchable, it's easy to manage, yeah. we can collaborate on it more effectively. So we're about to launch that. And within the, the wiki, this is where we're going to be hosting the, the small bite-sized chunks of video content, the time-saver content. So our campaign is going to be based around our core systems and over a six-week period, we're going to be running it so that we can – we'll just sell it as time saver. Click here if you want to save time. And each week when they click that time saver, they'll be given this short one, two, one to two-minute video clip with a voiceover from one of our trainers. Um, and it'll take them through something that they can do that will save them time if they know how to do it. And we, we've we taken a conscious decision to deliver that through the wiki rather than through our Moodle um, system yeah. because we're we're not bothered really about tracking it. What yes, we're going to do yeah. is have a rate rate the video option where people again will be given the chance to just rate it. And let us know if they liked it, if they didn't like it, and then we'll know from through that feedback whether we're getting it right or not, and follow it up when we're out there saying to people, "Have you seen it? Have you tried them? What did you think?"
0: Very much like do you want more. Very much like BT's data to Share sort of project.
1: Exactly, and yeah. we saw that. A few years back now, I think it was, is it Peter?
0: Peter Butler, Butler spoke at it um, in Learning Technology 2010.
1: That's right, yeah. yeah. And I recently met the guy at a symposium event that I was speaking at who's leading that project now. Right. And I was talking to him about it. And um, he was like, yeah, why don't you just do it through your wiki? Yeah. So we are.
0: Yeah. Um, just just sort of conscious of, of the fact that you, you know, you're saying it's great, the the facts and figures prove it, your your team love it. What about your learners themselves? Um, You've not yet introduced this wiki approach yet, so I understand, obviously, you you can't have had the feedback yet, but the the things that you've done already, the steps that you've taken to change the way that you deliver, how's that been met by the learners themselves?
1: I would say e-learning wasn't initially met by a great response from the learners. There was a lot of effort, as I say, it was more of us pushing that, saying this is the new way that we've got to do things because we've got less resources. The virtual classrooms, the initial response that we get from most people is I'm anxious, I don't know what it is what do I need to to join it how is it going to work but once they've been on that first one it's god that was brilliant I'm hooked I could do it from my desk I haven't had to travel for an hour to a training room um, I'm definitely going to do more of these because I can do them as and when and what would I do if there was something that I needed and that could have it through a virtual classroom you haven't got it on your your schedule uh, with the wikis Whilst we haven't launched them, we have been doing some user acceptance testing. Oh, so we right. have been taking them out there to, to get the learners to have a look at them, have a play at them and tell us whether or not it will work for them. And the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive on that. So I'm looking forward to, to making the launch and making it available to the wider business.
0: It sounds like you've, you've, already got, you've already put a lot of things to bed, you've, you know, you've changed the way, you've had to change the way that your team operates. Um, you're making best use and practical use of current and emerging technologies that are out there, but not neglecting that face-to-face contact time, which I think is, is, uh, is well worth you know, reiterating again. And you've already sort of taken steps into you know, whatever's next, the, uh, this wiki that you're approaching, this sort of BT data share type model that you're going to, to share with your learners. You've already taken quite a large number of steps, and I'm sure you're going to take many many more. There could be somebody listening to this that's just you know is in a position that you're in some of the position that you're in they've got to do more with less uh funding's been cut resources are being cut, or maybe they just want to do things differently. If you could give them one tip just one thing to take away to 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 do this afternoon or tomorrow a really quick win to start them on that journey, what would it be?
1: oh gosh um If I think about where we started, everything that we do, we immerse ourselves in it first as a learner to appreciate what the opportunities are and also what the benefits can be. So if there's one thing that I would suggest that people do is if you're thinking about going down the route of using any of these learning technologies, get involved yourself as a learner um, because that will help you realise some of the benefits and see how it can then support your learners.
0: Get your sleeves rolled up and get stuck in. Yeah. Lisa, thanks ever so much for joining me this morning. I really appreciate the time that you've taken out uh, and sharing the journey that you've taken so far. And I hope at some point you'll come back and let us know how this wiki's gone on.
1: That would be great. You're very welcome, Greg. Thanks.
0: Thank you very much, Lisa. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye.